right, everybody, welcome to episode 104 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex, and the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Uh, Another week, another uh, another, uh, COVID scare. (laughs) It doesn't seem like every player went on COVID um, the last week and a half, and like we really didn't have anything before that. Or maybe it's just my brain. Uh, All these dang Halloween parties. Yeah, it's something, man. Uh, even one of my employees, uh, close contact. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so one of your uh, one of your employees is hanging out with uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Saquon, huh? Just the yeah, party. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it has seemed like the last. Two weeks or so has been, you know, it was kind of Devontae Adams. Then a day later was Alan Lazard. And, I mean, today we got, uh, or yesterday we got Noah Fant. And today we got Aaron Rodgers and Saquon. It's just kind of like, man, it's kind of jumping all over the place. So um, I I wish that was the the craziest thing that we could talk about this week. But uh, I don't even think that makes the top ten in the NFL – news cycle so uh we'll get into it and we'll kind of we'll kind of talk it uh talk about all of it as we go through our good our bad and our ugly of week eight halfway we're halfway there fellas all right bill uh why don't you start us off this week hit us with something good yeah i was debating between two players from the same team because i'm not sure who i should give the credit more to um but I picked Mike White uh, from the Jets. I mean, he just, like, I mean, his his completion percentage was, um, what, 80%, something like that, uh, 37 for yeah. 45. My math is not good in my brain right now. Uh, 405 Sounds yards. Close. Yeah, there we go. Uh, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. I know he didn't, he wasn't the, uh, you know, he didn't look exceptional, but he he did what he had to do and you know for a guy who had never started before and he looked awful you know i i think that a lot of people were even he was still available in some of um some of my superflex leagues this week because everybody's like yeah it's not even worth it if zach wilson can't do anything why should we add him well i mean He's been around for a while. He's, you know, he, he's probably become one of that consummate backup that's, you know, doing his job and, um, you know, can can play for you a, f- a few games. Now, granted, teams are going to figure out what he can't do and and shut him down, I'm sure, at some point. But first starts are always interesting because you just don't know what you're going to get. You can get um, a Peterman or you can get like something like this. So, um, good for him for stepping up and doing his job. Granted, I know like most of his passes were short. Um, I was going to select uh, Michael Carter just because like everything went to him. You know, he, he had like 10 catches or something like that for 100 yards. And um, but um, I had to give it to the guy who had never started before. Yeah, yeah he had a couple one. of throws that were that were spot on. One got called back for a touchdown that looked like it should have been. And then he caught a touchdown, too. Right. Oh yeah, I, I think they did run a trick play where he went out and caught a touchdown. Yeah. I think so, or caught a pass at least. Yeah, yeah. So he did everything. Um, yeah that that that's a great one because 
like you said, in some super flex leagues, he was he was on the waiver wire definitely before this week, and he still made it through the waiver wire in some some other leagues. I think I picked him up for free in a league and ended up trading him right away for a 2023 uh, third round pick, and I was like, so that's easy money, man. <laughs> so um, yeah, I love that one, Drew. Why don't you hit us up with a with a good? Yeah, I uh, I thought about it last week, but I figured I'd give it a couple of shots here, and they came through again. Uh, the Manning cast on ESPN2 did not disappoint. Um, it's not just because Josh Allen came on this week. They were good for all four segments. Um, you know, last week, if, if you didn't catch Marshawn and Tom Brady on there, you missed something special too. But uh, just uh, as close as you'll ever be to, to being a fly on the wall while you have a couple of guys that have had have seen some things, just talk it through. And it looked like they were a little looser this week too. They were just giving each other a hard time about different things. And it was, it was good. It was a lot of fun to see Strahan on there. And uh, yeah, so I, if I'm, whenever I get a chance for Monday night football, I'll be on the deuce. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I missed, I think the first week I watched it was, I think that was week three when the Cowboys played the Eagles on Monday night. And I was mad at myself for not finding it sooner and watching it. I mean, they're so good. They have so much fun. Not only were they both high-level NFL quarterbacks, but they're brothers, so they have that dynamic too. I mean, they bring on, I mean, guests from all over the place, You know, not only football, but I, I know LeBron James was on one week. They had Jon Stewart on this week. I mean, they just – I mean – they go everywhere and it's really just kind of, it's almost like if you went to one of their houses and you were just sitting around with them talking football, they're loose. It's not, you know, having to regurgitate a bunch of stats and where somebody went to school and all this other stuff that they have to do on the big channel. So um, yeah, I love, I love that one. And I, I love Manicast too. If, if you haven't seen it, Monday night, I don't even know who's playing. Who cares? Just watch them. It's entertaining it as hell, and you won't regret it. Totally, because like as I was talking to you guys beforehand, was right when I saw what Drew put for the uh, for the good, I was like, oh my god, that's a great call. Because this week was the first time I tuned in, and um, it like you know you don't really. I mean. You get mad sometimes when you listen to regular announcers. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my god! Like, just you know, I, I get, I understand why they do it. I understand that they're, you know, catering to everybody. But when you're somebody who's a little bit more of a diehard, it's just so cool to hear people talking a little bit more in depth. And um, you know, two guys who've won Super Bowls, and um, they're actually pretty. I mean, you know, you see a little bit of personality. Like I always thought Eli Manning was like, just like a completely dry, you know, personality, but you know, he's ribbing his brother about how he's eating and stuff like that. I mean, it's just hilarious. And like, did you even take a breath during that whole time you ate that chicken, you know? And I mean, it, it's just cool. And um, so, I mean, he's doing, I mean, that's really doing something for him in my mind, just because like you, you know, Peyton's always had that a little bit, you know, where he did all the commercials and just a little bit more of a, a personality. But this is, I think, Eli's really benefiting, but showing his, like, you know, his personality as well. Yeah, I, I love that show. And like I said, if you haven't caught it yet, 
ESPN two same time. They do the whole uh, the whole Monday night telecast, and it's it's a blast to watch. Um, all right, so my good was Tyler Lockett. I mean, boy, I mean, I think we we dug his grave and buried him in it after Russ went down. We said it's Geno Smith. Geno Smith isn't good, and Tyler Lockett is going to be the uh, is going to feel that more than uh, any other player on that team. And he came out this week, twelve receptions for one hundred and forty-two yards. Um, he got targeted thirteen times, so he went twelve for thirteen. And I, th- I think Gina only had like twenty attempts or something like that. So they all went to Tyler Lockett. Um, listen, this is this is what Tyler Lockett does. He he makes you love him with a game like this, and then you know next week it'll be you know one for fifteen. And you will kick yourself for having to start him. Luckily, the one league I have him in is a league where I am forced to start him every week. So uh, I don't care. Uh, I, I love these weeks and I don't even get mad about the other weeks because I have uh, no better options. But um, yeah, that's my one. And I'm just glad he had a good game with Geno Smith. It looks like um, Russ is right around the corner to return. So. Hopefully that just uh, boosts this stock. All right. So I'm going to hit the bad here. Uh, sorry, Drew. This is uh, this is no slight to you, but Zach Moss, uh, eight rushes for 19 yards, and he kind of saves the day if you play half PPR, PPR, with a uh, six receptions for 39 yards. I think a lot of people loved him as a uh, a low-end RB2 or a high-end flex playing the uh, Miami Dolphins this week. And that was just such a weird game because nothing really happened until the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden there was this fourth-quarter explosion. Josh Allen ended up being fine, and you know, but Zach Moss unfortunately didn't get any of that shine, and I think that's a, a guy that a lot of people were kind of eyeing up in we're very happy to start and didn't uh it didn't pay dividends. Yeah. Yeah, I started him in one league over Michael Carter. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill Bill's good hit you hit you in the fields a little bit because a lot of those <laughs> past attempts were going to Michael Carter. So uh yeah. Hey, I, I feel you, man. Drew, why don't you hit us with your bad? Yeah, another guy that let me down in multiple leagues multiple leagues. I actually had two here. Um, pick the, the tight end because of the premium that's in a lot of these leagues. All I needed to have was like two more catches and I would have won, I think, two more leagues. Uh, but Noah Fant, uh, two catches for eight yards um, and now has COVID. So week doesn't get much worse than that. Um, you know, wish he hadn't caught the COVID and caught a couple more passes instead. Uh, Justin Jefferson was a close second for me in a few leagues as well. Somebody I thought might have a little bit more uh, going his way on Monday night. But, yeah, both those guys let me down and uh, cost me a couple of games, which I thought I had them wrapped up going into Monday night. But here we are. Did you talk – you brought up Justin Jefferson. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet from PFF where uh, Justin Jefferson's on the field and he's wearing a, a Michael Myers mask. And they said, uh, what was it? I think it was 12 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns incoming. 
and I didn't I didn't see the original tweet. I saw someone after the fact uh, quote tweet it and say the entire Minnesota Vikings didn't even do this. <laughs> so uh, that that's how I actually got introduced to that uh, original tweet. Mm. But yeah, I mean, uh, not good for them either. But all right, Bill, why don't you hit us with a bad? Yeah, bad for me was uh, a veteran NFL coach calling two timeouts in a row to potentially uh, screw the game up, but helps your team. So I think you're a-okay with it. But Mike Zimmer calls a timeout on two two before another play had started, um, and you can only call one. But he would have locked boxed if they didn't allow it and never even acknowledge the timeout. But once they stop the play, it's a delay of game and. Uh, um, so he's a little unfortunate, but he also needs to be aware of what he's doing, um, especially in those moments. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Bill, I'm not mad about it. Um, it was that was a weird game overall. Just <laughs> uh, not what I expected. Um, was was not expecting a Cowboys victory with uh, Cooper Rush behind center. But hey, everything everything worked out for the Cowboys, and uh, we move on now. And seems like Dak is doing more in practice than he was doing last week, and looks on track to play. So, uh, so I'm uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, Bill, why don't you hit us with the ugly? Yeah, my ugly is uh, Matt Ryan. I mean. What's ugly about it is he completed 20 of 27 passes for a total of 146 yards. Like, how do you do that nowadays? Like, that's just mind-blowing to me. And um, one touchdown, two interceptions. So just, you know, he he had done so well for so many weeks in a row. Uh, You know, he was QB1, I think, for like the last four or five weeks or very close to it. And, um, you know, this was just monumentally disappointing i mean i believe that he was in the bottom five of all the quarterbacks this week so um so yeah just a a rough uh rough week for uh matt ryan yeah and not only is how do you do that but how do you do that with kyle pitts who had been red hot for the last couple games and cordero patterson who seems to have been red hot since like week three um how, yeah how do you only uh accumulate 146 yards and obviously um no calvin ridley uh he's taken a step away to um deal with some mental health stuff that he he's going through and good for him like sometimes you just need to know that you need to take and i don't care what your profession is whether you're a uh, a football player or a lawyer or whatever i mean doesn't even it doesn't matter what you do sometimes you just you need to step away and you need to get your mind right um and good for him for uh acknowledging that and i i hope he is uh getting the the help that he he needs so uh drew why don't you why don't you hit us with the ugly uh, another quarterback and I, I honestly don't remember i have to look back at last week if i said him last week i think i did uh, Carson Wentz two weeks in a row. Um, you know, last week the the rain and the weather maybe uh, gave him a little bit of an excuse, but uh, you know, twenty seven for fifty one, threw it up a ton of times, got three touchdowns, but two 
terrible picks, including uh, the game loser at the end in overtime. Um, you know, he came out and, you know, he's frustrated himself trying to do too much, but guy has been around long enough that he's got to know better than, than to turn the ball over and get loose with that. So um, yeah, I really, I, I was excited when I saw overtime because I needed Jonathan Taylor to do some more stuff. Um, and then it was over just like that. I mean, at, at living in, in Philadelphia and watching all of the Philadelphia Eagles games, this is this is the Carson Wentz experience. Sometimes uh, you're going to love what he does out there. He's going to sling it. He's going to air it out. He's going to look nice. And sometimes you're going to wonder how he is an NFL quarterback. And that is that is the ride you take when you get on the Carson Wentz Express. So uh, it's good to see that he's doing the same thing in Indianapolis. Uh, he hasn't uh, changed at all. He is keeping true to himself. And yeah, that's <laughs> that's Carson Wentz in a nutshell. Um, all right, let me hit you guys with my ugly Hunter Henry. Guy was coming into this game four straight games with a touchdown, which honestly, those touchdowns were saving uh, a lot of his weeks during that span. But one reception for 33 yards. Like, I don't care what league you play in, full point, two, two point per reception. It doesn't, doesn't matter what, what you're playing in, what kind of tight end premium there is. Uh, he didn't do anything for you. And, you know, we had the Ravens and the Raiders on by this week. So Darren Waller and Mark Andrews are out. I'm sure there are some people who said, hey, you know, Hunter Henry is my tight end, too. He's had uh, four straight games with a touchdown. All right. I could be doing a lot worse than, you know, than Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry turned around and said, oh, it can be worse, I promise. And uh, and he did. And this is why, you know, during the offseason, I think we we got we got happy when Johnny Smith got signed. We were like, oh, man, you know, they're going to bring the tight end game back to New England. And then the next day, here comes Hunter Henry getting signed to as much, if not more money. I can't remember. I think he might be making a little bit more than Johnny. And you're like, oh, man, what is this going to be? And. Both guys, you know, besides this kind of touchdown streak, have really disappointed you. So, um, yeah, that that was my ugly. And you know, I, I just want to I want to bring this up real quick. I didn't want to put it in in this segment because you know this segment is kind of lighthearted, just kind of highlighting what what has happened during week eight. Uh, I mean, that stuff with Henry Ruggs. I mean, everybody knows what happens. Uh, drinking and driving. Uh, going over 150 miles an hour, um, hit someone, uh, hit a young woman, 23 years old, and, and killed her. Uh, you know, listen, I'm you know, I'm no famous celebrity. I know, but if, if you're listening to this, if you hear my voice, don't drink and drive. Like we got Uber. You know, if you don't have a friend in the world and you get drunk, you can. You can get an Uber, and Uber will drive you home. Call a friend, call a taxi, walk. I mean, there's every option is a better option than getting behind the wheel yourself and and driving your car. Don't do it. Um, 
I know a lot of people uh, have been have been talking about it on Twitter, so I'm not going to get on it for too long. But I did want to bring it up because I think it's something important that we all need to talk about. You know, it's not just a uh, it's not just something that affects athletes. It's something that affects everybody. We've all you know either known someone who who has got behind the wheel drunk or has been in an accident because of someone who got behind the wheel drunk. So we all just have to kind of make good decisions and, and that's, you know, get an Uber, get a Lyft, whatever, just do that. Don't, uh, don't, don't drink and drive. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to say anything about that, but I just wanted to bring that up. You're muted, Bill. It's a tough thing. Um, you know, I've made my mistakes in my life where I've driven when I shouldn't have. And I was fortunate enough to, to not, um, you know, hurt somebody. I mean, if I hurt myself, that's my fault. Right. Like that. But, um, you know, once Uber became, that was when I was young and, you know, once Uber became a thing, I mean, it just makes way too much sense to be able to use that as a service. And it's just, I mean, it costs you a little extra money, but oh my God, just keep saying, well, it saves me from $20,000 in legal fees or something like that, you know, or killing somebody. And, um, you know, it's tough. Like it's a young person making a mistake and it's unfortunate. And I mean, it's just an ending a young person's life and, and their life essentially. So it's just, it's just a, it's a horrible situation. And, you know, you just got to hope that, you know, the problem is with youth is they're young, right? Like yeah. they just don't like, we just, we think we're on, you know, indestructible and, and it all, all we can hope is that, you know, these kind of stories affect people and they start to understand like this, you know, what sort of, um, you know, issues you can encounter and just to try to make a, a good decision. And I, I think that people as a whole and the, and the society as a whole is, but I mean, these are the kind of stories where, you know, there's still a long way to go. And so hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully people talking about this, um, you know, young people will start to, uh, and, and old people, um, you know, yeah. um, start to, uh, you know, consider their options a little bit more. Yeah, and you know, some I, I wanted to bring up just because um, you know a lot of people don't know this. I know you guys do because we've talked about it before. But you know, I was I was the victim of a drunk driving accident. A, a drunk driver hit me, and um, you know, ca- caused me a lot of ish- a lot of uh, physical issues after the fact that I really need to get into. But you know, th- this is something that's important because listen, we I we've we've made those mistakes. You know, I'm not going to say we've all made those mistakes because some people have, have done it right from day one, but I know I, you know, just like you, Bill, I know that, you know, probably right around the age Henry Ruggs is, I made those mistakes and I was fortunate enough to not, um, not harm anyone. It doesn't make it right. It just makes, it just makes me lucky. And um, I want to, you know, I do want to talk about it because, um, you know, if one person hears this and just kind of has an aha moment and says, you know what, I've done that in the past and I've gotten lucky too, but, you know, I don't want to end up in this situation. Um, it's all worth it. So, 
Um, all right, we 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 got that out of the way. We're gonna lighten it up a little bit more now. We're gonna we're gonna transition into uh, into the timeline. What we do best. What we saw on the timeline. And uh, this first one is from Jerry O'Shea at Jerry Shea FF, uh, proud member of the FTC, the Fantasy Timeline Chat. Uh, I say it every week. If you're just looking for a bunch of cool people to talk fantasy and life with, um, yep, just hit us up. Hit either one of us up at our handles or hit the show handle at Fantasy Timeline. We'll get you in there. I mean, it was bumping this week between, you know, you know, obviously you brought up the Henry Ruggs thing, but we're talking about Derrick Henry's foot and trade, you know, trades are always getting thrown in there. Hey, what do you think about this trade I was just offered? And you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of points of view and kind of cover all your angles, which is really cool. And so many great people in there. Um, I don't want to start naming them because I'll forget somebody and that will be a huge mistake on my part. But um Every week, I, you know, I put the tweet out there. Hey, if you got any questions, let us know. And Jerry hit me with this one. He said, uh, what about that trade offer I sent you in TA2? And I go, that trade offer you sent me in TA2? I didn't get an email. Sure enough, I go, you know, I go into uh, MFL and there's a trade sitting there. And I felt bad because I hate when seems like one out of every 15 trades, uh, MFL will just not send me the email. And unfortunately, I have T-Mobile, so I can't sign up for the uh, the text alerts. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like, oh man, let me let me check this out. And listen, I, I want to get your guys' opinion on it, and uh, uh, maybe I'll let you guys make the decision for me whether I uh, I take this trade or uh, I give it the boot. I have my personal opinions on it after looking at it, but I want to see what you guys think. So I would be getting in this trade, Tyler Boyd. Allen Robinson and a 2022 first. Now that first round pick is uh, currently held by the best team in the league. So obviously it's the 112 right now. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but it's the 112 right now. Uh, I would be giving up Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, and Mike Gusecki. Now this is a trade addicts league. If you listen to, uh, the Trade Addicts podcast, you know, uh, you know all the settings, but if you don't, it's a 12-team Superflex PPR 1.75 premium for tight ends. Um, Bill, I know you know the rules, obviously. You're in a TA league. Drew, uh, you just know, you know, the TA leagues. And I know if Drew, if uh if Russ doesn't get you into one soon, uh, he's gonna have to deal with you. So uh I'll just put that out there, Russ, when you listen to this, uh, get Drew in there. But um, <laughs> but and either one of you can start. It, it, it doesn't matter. What do you guys think about this trade? It's a trade addicts league, so I was under the impression you have to say yes to every trade. <laughs> uh, I <do> <laughs> um, I, I struggle with this one. I, I, would, I would want the Debo and Elijah Mitchell and Mike Kosicki side. I think Kosicki's getting his targets. He's getting some nice chunk yardage. Um, Debo, of course, this year has been great. And I think we've always known he's talented. Injuries have gotten in the way and, and kind of a crowded uh, receiving core has uh, diminished a little bit of his upside in the past, but he has really shown what he's able to do this year. Um, don't love some of the nagging injuries in the middle of the week, the last few weeks, but um, anytime a guy is going out there and, you know, 150 plus and possibly a touchdown, it's hard to, hard to pass that up. And then you know, Elijah Mitchell, um, 
a lot of people now, uh, I'll give credit where credit's due. A lot of folks on Twitter are coming back and uh, saying they were wrong about blowing a bunch of fab on him early in the season. And, uh, you know, the weeks that he's playing, he's playing well. Um, he looks good. So I, I would be more inclined probably to keep uh, keep the side that you've got already, Josh, um, unless you've got, uh, you know, a, a real need for, I guess, wide receiver. But um, you're, you're younger on your side. You have a tight end that's performing on your side. And uh, who knows what the 110, 111, 112 will be next year. And, Drew, just for a little bit of context, because you brought up a good point about needing wide receivers, uh, one thing I do love about the Trade Addicts League is pretty much um, you you need to start one of every position, and then everything else is pretty much a flex. So, um, you know, you don't – I don't think you ever really have a need for anything, maybe tight end because of the premium, but um, I don't, I don't think you, me, me personally, other people may in trade addicts leagues may believe differently, but it kind of helps you to never have a need at something. Uh, Bill, what do you think about this one? Yeah. As much as I like um, the players uh, that he's offering, I just feel like, value wise at this point it's really hard for you to accept um i just you know how down is everybody on alan robinson as much as we think he's a great player i mean he is what 29 years old um so like depreciating asset if you're if you're doing this by value um boyd is third option maybe fourth option um now so that's tough and then a late first which you could argue Gesicki is worth. So, like, I mean, just because of the 1.75 and, um, you know, and he is a guy who uh, could get a decent amount of targets. I mean, he doesn't necessarily always, but, I mean, not a bad uh, guy to have. So, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell, even if it's just this year, and maybe it's just three games, you know, who who knows? But – um, Debo is a young, you know, just, he's one of those young guys that when he is healthy, he performs and, you know, I feel good putting him into my lineups. Um, you know, before he got hurt last year, right. Uh, he was doing well, or yep. was it the year before? I can't remember, but, um, and then this year he's just blown up. So like, I, I think that, yeah, it's tough to say yes to that trade. So. All right, so I, I feel better because when I looked at it on its face, I said, I, I can't accept this trade. But I thought, hey, listen, I'm going to talk to two very smart people about this. Maybe they see something I don't see. Um, you know, and, and Bill, I think you kind of nailed it with, you know, these assets, you know, the wide receiver assets, Tyler Boyd and Allen Robinson. I mean, at this point, you're probably selling them at, you know, their lowest possible value. I mean, obviously we know everything that's been happening with Allen Robinson this year. And, you know, Tyler Boyd, Bill mentioned third, he's the third option on his own team. And I, I put down uh, where they rank in trade addicts too, just for some context, Tyler Boyd is wide receiver 34. So you got, all right, like a kind of a flex play type wide receiver, uh, Allen Robinson, wide receiver 69. Normally you say nice, but it ain't Not been nice. nice if you've had to start Allen Robinson at any point this year. So, um, and then the 112, you know, 
we've heard since the 2021 draft was over this year is is not going to have as many uh high impact prospects coming out so you know what is you know what is that 112 what would that relate to in maybe the last couple of years where we've had a lot of high impact prospects come out you know is that more like a 202 or a 203 in some of those drafts you know and i know you can't look at it like that each rookie draft is its own entity but you know you kind of have to you know think about what level of talent you could possibly be getting there and uh yeah, uh, so sorry, Jerry. Uh, after this is over, I'm going to be hitting that reject button. Um, your best shot was to uh, have Drew and Bill uh, talk me into it, but they, they saw the same things I did. So, Jerry, we talked about it, and I will, I will be responding with that, uh, with that reject uh, after the show is over. But uh, while we were talking about, uh, about my trade, uh, Nick hit us up here. And Nick said, 10-team 10 10 team league, full PPR. Should I trade Khalil Herbert and Justin Jefferson for Adam Thielen and Damian Harris? Uh, my answer is no. Uh, don't do that. But uh, Bill or Drew, why don't, you, why don't you shed a little bit of light and share your own opinions about why, that, uh, why that's a good idea or why that's a bad idea? I find it to be, I mean, Jefferson and Thielen, I mean, they're on the same offense. I mean, I just don't see what the, I really just don't see the point of making this trade. I think that it's just, I mean, they're, they all have their faults, right? Like Khalil Herbert, we just don't know long-term. Damian Harris just never catches passes. Um, So like Justin Jefferson is the best piece. So maybe I, I hold on to that i think um it's a 10 teamer so i would want probably the best player i can get um so i think the jefferson side is the one i would want um with that being the case if it was a, a deeper league maybe i'm more apt to go the other direction um but being a 10 teamer i'll take uh jefferson yeah i agree i i'm uh, you know, a little more context might help, but I'm not sure what you're trying to accomplish here. Um, I guess if you think Damian Harris maybe has the job the rest of the season, if you're hurting at running back because you're worried about Khalil Herbert losing his job once Monty comes back, um, you know, that that could be a reason that I, I could see here. And then, you know, for this year, uh, yeah, I think Jefferson and Thielen probably trade games, but I, I would still want to have the best player in the group if I can. So. I think uh, what you gain from Jefferson's blow-up games uh, will will make up for whatever you have to start at your RB two or flex spot if if Herbert's not it. Yeah, and um, I love the point that Bill brought up about it being a ten-team league because I think it does uh, your mentality should change a little bit um, unless you're doing something crazy like starting fifteen or something like that. You should be. Um, consolidating and getting as many studs on your team as possible. Cause with 10 teams, obviously uh, every team in your league is going to be a, a little bit deeper and have uh, more high level players on it because um, there's not as many places for uh, the talent to go. So Jefferson, we all said it is the best player in this deal. And um, you know, 
if this is redraft, I, I can maybe understand it. But if this is dynasty, um, you know, we're not po- we're not even positive that Damian Harris is the guy next year. I mean, we know Bill Belichick; he could end up doing what he did with tight end this year and sign, you know, two free agent running backs or draft three guys. And we're, you know, we're back in the same mess we are, you know, this time next year going, oh, it's, uh, you know, now it's Ramondi Stevenson and it's uh, Damian Harris and it's these two rookies that they drafted. You know, who do we start every week? So, um, yeah, we're all in, agree- we're all in agreement here. Um, keep Justin Jefferson and uh, and uh, keep keep winning games, hopefully. Hopefully uh, Justin Jefferson in the season he's been having is – is winning you some games. Uh, but this next one here is from Ridley Truther at CWC Wood One. You, if you're a one to two year rebuilder, are you selling Tyler Lockett or Allen Robinson for a second rounder? Also, Darrell Henderson for a 2023 first, or just keep them with 2022 handcuffs slash acres. Achilles insurance. So we got we got a lot going on here. Um, I'll start this one and, and kind of break it down, and then you guys can uh, you guys can follow up and uh, tell me where I went wrong. But I'm not selling Tyler Lockett for a second round pick. Um, yes, I get it. You're gonna have weeks where he did what he did last week, and he gets you like three fantasy points. But you're gonna have games like this like he did this week where he gets you 20 or 22 fantasy points. And honestly, I mean, Tyler Lockett is most likely, what, worst case scenario, he's your wide receiver too. Can't, uh, you know, I can't imagine unless you went maybe RB heavy or if it's super flex, you went, uh, you know, QB extreme or something like that. I can't imagine Tyler Lockett being your wide receiver one. So um, I'm not selling him for a second because of uh, the boom potentially has. Uh, Allen Robinson, if it's a high second, I think I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not selling them for the the two. Uh, what was this one? This was a uh, – oh, I thought it said the number of teams, so that's my fault. But if this is a regular 12-team league, I'm not selling Allen Robinson for the 212. But if it's a 201, 202, I could see myself – I mean, Bill made some valid points, you know, Earlier when we were talking about Allen Robinson, he's 29. Is this the end of the road? Has he hit, you know, has he hit that wall? Or is it just the mess of being on the Chicago Bears? We don't know. Um, But I think I would take a high second round pick to not have to find out. Uh, Darrell Henderson for 2023 first, do that now. Uh, If someone is offering you a 2023 first for Darrell Henderson, because 2022 is going to come, and we don't know what is going to happen. I mean, there, I don't know if you guys saw the video. I think it was either yesterday or today of Cam Akers running. And, you know, we're already, you know, starting to sweat and fan ourselves off about uh, he, he's running. He's, you know, you see the shifted direction pretty quickly. Um, you know. Who knows what that what that uh, backfield is going to look like in LA next year? So, I would take the first form um, in that regard um, because 
yeah, we don't know. We don't know what Cam Akers is going to be, uh, and we don't know what Sean McVay is going to try to do in that backfield. So I would trade it, get rid of it if the uh, Akers owner is going to give you a first form uh, ticket. Uh, Drew, what do you think about uh, all the questions that were asked? Yeah, I I think uh, I'm on the same page. Um, Lock it, it, it's really hard. It's right, yeah, I can't imagine he's more than a wide receiver too. I would think at this point he's got to be a wide receiver three or even a flex starter for you, and that's what a what a luxury to have a guy that can go for 200 yards and two touchdowns any given week. Um, you got Russ coming back in the next couple weeks, right through the playoffs. Um, Allen Robinson, I think when you start kind of putting some names to it, you know, would I trade Allen Robinson for? Uh, you know, Jalen Waddell or an Elijah Moore who went kind of at the end of the end of the first early in the second this year. Yes, please. Um, so if it's that early and you think you can get something like that next year, perhaps, but even then, you know, if there are that many questions about next year's draft, maybe you write it out in the off season, see if you go somewhere else, maybe you get a little spike and an opportunity to, to get some more out of it. If he goes and hooks up with Mahomes or someone like that down the road, then, you know, wide receiver has a long shelf life, especially for a guy like him who's not speed dependent, um, you know, who's uh, technically sound. So uh, I would probably uh, go back and forth and depending on what mood you catch me and I might move him for that early second. But I think my gut would say I'm going to hold on. I've had him for this long. I believe in the talent in general. So um, and if you're rebuilding, uh, you know, hopefully you've got some other picks already. So if you don't have any picks and this is your best path to getting picks next year, I could feel the pressure to do that as well. But, um, but yeah, I would definitely move uh, Robinson before Lockett. And then as far as Henderson for that 23 first, yes, yes, hundred percent would take that. If you're in a rebuild and you're saying you're one to two years out, um, who knows what that first will come in to be, who knows what you can get for that first next year. Once people go through that draft and they realize, shoot, I want a piece of the next one. So um, you don't want those points probably on your, your bench anyways, or on your roster. So move them, take what, uh, take what you can get there. So I'm with, uh, Josh on that one for sure. Yeah, I definitely Drell Henderson. I'm moving, um, and if I'm in a, um, a rebuild and when you say one to two years, that includes 2022. Um, so if that's the case, then, um, then yeah, I mean it's just a no doubter moving running backs, um, just because their uh, shelf life so short. Um, typically, I'm totally down with that, and I mean just this year you could probably get potentially even more than that right now. Um, so as for the wide receivers, you know you guys know how I feel about wide receivers as a whole. They're pretty. If you're not an elite one, you're in this, you know, <laughs> tier of a billion. So like. I did misspeak. Uh, Allen Robinson's uh, 28. He turned 28 in August. Um, so you get another year. But, um, you know, let, what Drew brought up about, you know, maybe go somewhere else, that, that had crossed my mind as well. And um, But what are you really getting for him if he goes to um, – if he goes to Kansas City? Like, I mean, are you getting a late first – Cause you're not going to, somebody's not going to buy him unless they're a contender. And so am I going to take an early second this year or potentially a late 
first the following year. Um, you know, I don't. I, th- I think I'd just rather take the trade that's offered to me now. Um, be done because who's to say that that's that's like a perfect situation, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe he decides he loves Chicago so much he just decides to stay there. So, like, I mean, there's so many things that could happen, and and um, yeah, Lockett's a different story just because I feel like I could wait until he has a couple boom weeks in a row and people will get a little more excited about him. But at the same time, he's not a first round um, wide receiver anymore. So like I'm, I'm totally fine making those moves as a, uh, in a rebuild because who's to say you're going to get that same offer um, down the road and you can start churning that, that roster spot um, now by moving those players now. So um, I say move them all um, personally, if you're in a rebuild and I'm cool with that, but it's all a matter of like, if you feel like you can get more down the road, but oftentimes I have that feeling and then nothing happens. So um, because you're envisioning the perfect situation and oftentimes that's not what happens. Yeah. And Bill and Drew, you guys, you guys made some really good points and you guys talked about, you know, where he might end up next year. And I always try to tell people, don't play that game because as much as you think, you know, player X is going to end up in this spot, free agency happens, you know, we can we can use Juju as an example from this past offseason. Juju was gone. Everybody said it. He was gone. He's going somewhere else. One of the other 31 teams. He's not coming back to Pittsburgh. What happens? He comes back to Pittsburgh, signs a one-year deal. You know, so we, we never know, and we can't even assume, you know, we can assume, I think a problem we have too is we assume they're going to the best spot possible or one of the better spots possible. And we never think about what if, let's just use Philadelphia as an example. What if Jalen Hurts is out? They, you know, they end the season five and 12. They use their million first round picks to draft a high quarterback. And they want to pay Allen Robinson a whole lot of money to give him a big experience target to throw to. Well, now all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait a minute. We thought he was going to go to one of these spots. Kansas City was mentioned, like Kansas City, that has a Patrick Mahomes and has Andy Reid as the offensive guru there. Oh, well, now he's in Philadelphia. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of hard to play that game, you know, because we always think best case scenario normally when we do these things. And we too often forget about maybe some of the not so great scenarios that could happen. I mean, if he becomes a free agent, any team can sign him. You know, he could go back to Jacksonville for all we know. And, you know, that could be interesting. But, you know, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, he, you know, I think we all pretty much agreed on that, right? I think we we were all in agreement to get rid of Henderson if you're getting a 2023 first. Um, maybe keep locking around if all you can get is a second right now and give the heat to Allen Robinson and uh, use that second round pick. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe you package, Bill brought up a good point about Lockett. Maybe you package Lockett with something else to uh, 
upgrade to a younger guy instead of just getting a second form, you know, package him in a deal with, with Henderson maybe and get a first and, you know, well, we talked about him before, Elijah Mitchell, maybe something like that. And I, you know, I'm just bouncing ideas. The value is probably not hundred percent there, but just kind of as an idea, you know, put it together, upgrade, look at other people's rosters and see what you can do. So let's hit the next one here. And uh, this is a good one. I want to bring you guys in on this and see what you guys thought uh, from hashtag dynasty leverage at Charles chill FFB. And obviously uh, I, I, I love, I love Mr. Chill. I always call him Mr. Chill. Cause he is a, he is a cool customer, but uh, dynasty, he, he is dynasty and chill. He has manic and chill with Shane Manila. Um, he uh he does a whole bunch of stuff and he is one of the smartest people uh out there doing this thing i just listen to him and i go man you could you could sit me in front of a computer for uh for a year with nothing else to do and i probably still can come up with half of this stuff so um i li- i listen uh in all a lot of times to him so um he said what side do you prefer in a superflex ppr dynasty league your team is soon to be seven and one. Well, congratulations, seven and one. Uh, Alvin Kamara or the recently injured Derrick Henry in a 2023 first. Uh, so, Drew, where would you go in this situation? Are you taking Kamara or are you taking Henry in the first? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm missing something, but uh, I feel like I would take Kamara pretty easily here. Uh, if I'm seven and one and I want all the points going into the playoffs, unless for some unreal reason, Kamara is expendable because you happen to have Swift and JT as well, or something like that. And you can maybe sit on Henry and see what value you get next year. But even so, I don't know what you're going to get for Derek Henry next year. If he comes back healthy with great videos and all, you know, in camp and everything, maybe you're going to max out at two first instead of Kamara. Uh, I think you can still get value for Kamara next year if you want to flip him for somebody else. So I'll take the points now, hope it gets me a championship, and then I can worry about, uh, you know, moving things around afterwards. All right, what do you think, Bill? Yeah, this is tough for for me. Um, I think that, like, you know, basically you're getting a first, at least this is the way I'm looking at it, you get a first – just for giving up points this year. So like, cause I feel like next year you're going to get um, within a, the same um, space of points. Um, so like, I mean, yes, the, the um, Drew makes a good point, like where the um, resale next year is going to be higher um, for Kamara, you know, just because of, and I feel like he's going to age well just because you see all the work he does, um, you know, with his core and balance and all of that. Um, but, and he's never been like a super fast guy either. So like, it's a, I feel like he could end up being one of those guys that's doing well at 28. Um, so honestly, like it's really intriguing. Like I, sometimes you can win, you know, without the elite guy. And if your team is up seven and one and you're doing okay, like, I mean, there's tons of zero RB um, 
teams that end up succeeding. And who's to say something doesn't have happen to Kamara in a week or two. So um, it's much more risky. Um, and, but I think, I think I just slightly lean the Kamara or the uh, Derek Henry and the first um, it's, yeah, I mean, now gun to my head and I'm in that situation, would I be able to make that decision? I'm not sure. Um, but um, without emotion, I think I lean that way. All right. So one of you got this question right and, and one of you got this question wrong. And uh, <laughs> Bill points at himself. I don't know if he pointed at himself because he got it right or because he got it wrong. But uh, no, Bill, you, you you got this one right, brother. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you on this one. Um, it was it's funny because Drew Drew said with no hesitation uh, he would take Kamara, and Bill said it, it was it was kind of a back and forth. It was tough for him, and I looked at this and it wasn't tough for me at all. But I took the other side. Um, you know, Drew brought up a good point. You know. We don't know what the rest of this team looks like, so maybe he's riding. You know, it doesn't have to be as draft, drastic as a JT and Swift, but maybe he's he's rocking JT and Darrell Henderson. Uh, you know, or maybe he's just like, you know, stacked from top to bottom. You know, maybe he's got, um, you know, he's got Alvin Cook and Mark Andrews and. You know, maybe he's sprinkling a little Elijah Mitchell in there, too, for flavor, you know. Um, so he could just be a really kind of a star-studded team. He just kind of built a super team. And, you know, good dynasty teams kind of retool while they're still on top. And this is one of those ways to do it. Um, you get the first. You get the 2023 first. And obviously, I don't know where. Uh, that first will end up, but you know, it could be anything. It could even be a boat. Um, but then you're looking at, you know, obviously I personally believe Derrick Henry will not play again this regular season. Um, now if the Titans are still, uh, in the playoff hunt, I can see Derrick Henry, you know, coming out for the playoffs, getting ready and doing his thing. But let's say that does happen. Let's say they make the playoffs and that's when Derrick Henry debuts. And he is Derrick Henry. He is the guy that we have seen for the first eight weeks of this season, including a guy, and I know his stats weren't great this week, but he ran like 20 times on a broken foot, which just shows the the insane human being he is, but like how tough he is and how physical he is to be able to do that. Because if I broke my foot, I'm I'm not even running to to the doctor's office. I'm just, you know, put me in the wheelchair, I'll wheel myself down there and I'll, you know, I'll wait my turn. But if he comes back in the playoffs and he has one game or two games where he is, you know, 20 rushing attempts, a hundred yards and a touchdown. He he's right back to where he was to start the 2022 season. You know, we're all going to say, yeah, he got hurt, but look what he did when he came back in the playoffs and look what he did before he got hurt. And he's going to have very similar, similar value. 
and I get a first on top of that, I'll I'll take I'll take my chances and um, you know, and that's how you retool. Because yeah, you might only have Derrick Henry for one or two more years, but then you have that you have that first, and you can do a lot of things with that first. So yeah, that's a good one because um, obviously it split us uh, two to one. So obviously the uh, the Derrick Henry and first side is is the right side. But it's funny because Bill and I, um, and we are two people who are used to being uh, in the minority. This ended up with uh, 58% for Alvin Kamara and 42% for Derrick Henry in the first. So uh, we, uh, in the Twitter population, we are not uh, in the majority, but on the fantasy timeline, we are the majority. So uh, so go us. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think there's, you know, I think there's some concern for what Kamara's role will be now, now that Winston is out too. So I understand, you know, maybe being a little looser with what you do with him. Um, Derrick Henry's just a big human being to have foot issues. And if this is the beginning of something that'll be nagging or recurring or lead to some other issues because he's overcompensating somewhere, again, not a doctor, but uh, I would, I would rather uh, keep the guy that has been healthy I agree with Bill. I think he ages really, really well, like uh, like a Darren Sproles or something like that. And you can get a lot of value out of him long term. But um, it's definitely an enticing deal to look at the twenty three. And it, you know, if he does come back, the upside is huge. But um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more conservative there than you guys are. So uh, good luck to you, whatever you choose to do. Uh, <laughs> and it sounds like uh, this this person is is pretty good at at this fantasy football thing. So we'll assume that he makes the right decision. I'm pretty sure he's gonna take the Derrick Henry side, just based on how I, I how he talks about um, moving assets to further along, like running backs. So um, I'm pretty sure um, he'll. That's my guess, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, so uh, but that doesn't make it right. <laughs> Bill, I think it's interesting that uh, that Drew said he's not a doctor, even though his handle is at doctor underscore PRA. So um, kind of weird for a guy. And he's who, talking uh, about foot injuries. Okay, yeah, next on the know. timeline here, we've got. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, so we, you know, we have a doctor too. You know, all, you know, every every fantasy podcast has a doctor now. So we got, you know, we got a uh, at dr underscore PRA and, you know, please people. Just, just in case, we're kidding. It's a joke. Drew is not actually a doctor. He does not give medical advice, um, you know, so don't, you know. Not even a PhD of any Not kind. even a PhD, Drew. What have you been doing? Come on, man. You should have a PhD. You have a PhD in I, I this. I lied on uh, my resume. I lied on the resume. You have a PhD in the, in this uh, fantasy football game, at least. Come on, man. You're uh, teaching classes out here to some of these fools. Uh, you know what PhD stands for? Hey, 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 hey! We're a, we're a family show. We're not, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, so this one, this one here is from Football Fanatic at Football Six O Two O Seven Eight Four Five. People, stop putting your phone numbers and your social security numbers at the end of your uh, your Twitter handles. We ain't trying to do it. Uh, it's a lot of breath on my part. Uh, he needs to fill his flex position 
uh, this week. So he wants to know who he plays. This is a half-point PPR league, if that helps you at all. Uh, he wrote down the players. I wanted to fill in the matchups so that uh, so that we would all have some context here. So uh, Mike Williams versus the Eagles. James Conner versus the 49ers. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders versus the Jags. Or Zach Moss versus the Jags. Or Jerry Judy versus the Cowboys. So he's got five guys. He needs one flex. So this is a this is an interesting one here. Um, I think I would say Jerry Judy versus the Cowboys. Um, even though um, we've all kind of. Uh, admired what Trayvon Diggs has done uh, intercepting passes. The Cowboys' pass defense as a whole is not uh, is not ranked very high in the league. I think they're 28th in pass defense, if, I, uh, if I'm correct about that. So um, even though they, they will get picks and turnovers, uh, they also give up yards. So um, I think I would go with Jerry Judy. I know his uh, – his performance last week wasn't uh, wasn't anything to write home about, but I mean he was just injured for what was that six seven weeks. So uh, give him a break. Uh, let him let him have another game before we just start saying that this isn't his season. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think he's the most talented player out of this bunch, and he has a pretty good matchup. So that would be uh, who I would go with. Bill, who would you go with here? I think I'm going Mike Williams. I, I still feel like, um, you know, it's a 50-50 shot with him, uh, but I think he offers the highest ceiling. Um, so I think it was down to him and Judy for me, um, but I think I prefer the the guy who could, could win the week for me. Uh, and, Bill, I, just before Drew uh, gives his thoughts, I'm with you. I was stuck between Mike Williams and uh, – and Jerry Judy myself. So uh yeah, that that's a good one. Drew, maybe you break the tie, maybe you uh maybe you just muddy the waters even more. Yeah, I can take out the running backs pretty easily. Um Moss just isn't doing a whole lot and Connor is uh he's touchdown dependent, right? So you're you're banking on him getting a couple of red zone carries. Um Sanders is tough because there's just so many options for the Bills and you're not sure how that game script's going to go. Uh, so I think by default it comes down to those two and uh, Judy without fan. So it'll be him and Sutton primarily a little bit of Tim Patrick. We'll see what the running backs do. Um, I, I think you give Mike Williams another shot. He's been so good this year. He's healthy. Um, I definitely would rather have the guy catching passes from Justin Herbert than Teddy Bridgewater if I can help it. So I, I lean that way pretty strongly, I think. Um, even though he's kind of a big play guy, like Bill said, you know, another another time or another person that can go for big yardage and a couple of scores any given week. So um, I think I, I lean Williams as well. I don't fault you if you want to give Judy a shot. I mean, I, I love Judy coming out of uh, Alabama and, and seeing him go there. Hopefully he can get back on track and, and do some good things. But, yeah, I'll go with the guy that's done it this season. Yeah, and um, we should uh, we should do a poll after the uh, after the show is over and see uh, 
see what see what the people think, see if uh if they would want to start uh Mike Williams and Jerry Judy in their flex. I think I actually think the Mike Williams side would win in a poll. Um but I mean I could be wrong. I'm always wrong about polls and stuff like that. So who knows? But I but I do think Mike Williams would win a poll. But I'd be interested to see what the uh what the percentages were on that and see if it's um if it's close or if people are still um still on the Mike Williams bandwagon it's you know, I know he's had a couple of down weeks, but I mean that Eagles matchup is good too. It's not like the Eagles are is our world class defense either. So that I mean I think that helps out as well. But hey, uh on our way out, let, let's grab this uh grab this question from Michael Chap here. Uh Michael's question. Hey guys, I have Herbert Dalvin. Uh, his RB2 is Zach Moss. He has uh, Miles Gaskin, Kyle Pitts, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Hollywood Brown. Uh, he's three and five. Should he look to make a trade or stay put? Um, I guess, I mean, it all depends on what the trade is. You know what I mean? Like, are you three and five and you're the, you know, the second highest scoring team in your, you know, in your league? Or are you three and five and you're the second lowest scoring team in your league? You know, those, I think that could dictate the type of trade you make. Um, uh, Bill asked a question too, you know, is this, is this uh, season long or is this dynasty? I'm guessing it's, I shouldn't say I'm guessing it's sinus because trades aren't made in redraft leagues, even though they don't happen as often. Uh, to to upgrade, okay. So Mike said it would be to upgrade his running back too. Um, I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, you have some pieces. I mean, Hollywood should be able to get you uh, uh, something better than Zach Moss, you know, or Miles Gaskin. You know what I mean? If you just want to make a a slight bump, uh, oh, he said he's currently a playoff team at three and five. Okay, twelve uh, man PPR redraft. Okay, redraft. So, I mean, honestly, I would trade. Um, I would trade any of those receivers for an upgrade at um, at running back because, like Bill said, and I agree with Bill one hundred percent every time he says this. Like once you get outside of like the top, you know what five to eight wide receivers, that that you know RB ten to RB forty is a lot of this a lot of sameness, and you can probably replace uh, replace those guys with you know something of similar value, maybe not you know the exact same value. But yeah, in a redraft, I would trade any of those wide receivers to um, to try to get a running back. Or if somebody is high on pits, and you can get an upgrade at your RB two, and you know take a downgrade at tight end. I mean, I would do that as well. So yeah, make the yeah. trade. Uh, yeah. Make you know make your starting lineup the best it can possibly be. I'm looking at uh. For redraft, I'm taking Keenan Allen and Miles Gaskin, and I'm seeing what the best running back that I can get. Maybe it's somebody like uh, you're hoping to get Monty or Kareem Hunt coming off injury soon. 
um, because then you can keep a bunch of guys like Diggs, Hollywood, Moss. They've all had their buy at this point. Pitts has had his buy. So that way you're maximizing points every single week as well. So I would try to move guys that have buys to come and redraft. Um, and, you know, if you can get some name recognition for Keenan Allen and hope maybe somebody believes in Gaskin or, uh, you know, they just want a depth piece because maybe they're overloaded at running back and they need wide receiver help. So I would be looking to package Gaskin and Keenan uh, together to get an upgrade at running back too for yourself. And ideally somebody that maybe is, um, you know, off their buy already. I don't know whose play that would be a realistic target. I mean, you're looking at like guys like Zeke, which you're probably not getting Zeke for that. Um, That's so hard to answer, honestly. Like, I mean, because you're in such a small, like, uh, economy, like that there's only going to be a handful of players that are even available to you, especially on redrafts. So like, you're going to have to knock on doors and just hope somebody answers because the likelihood of that is slim to none anyway. So like, I don't hate your roster the way it is your playoff team. You know, I typically play this way where I usually have like a one running back and then my second running backs usually a, a crapshoot a little bit. So like, I don't mind how it's set up right now. And um, so I wouldn't be too aggressive and just making your lineup look pretty because I'm happy with those wide receivers. I mean, Hollywood has a lot of upside if he could catch the ball. Um, You know, Diggs is an elite wide receiver and Keenan, I mean, he's been, he's done it for what? seven years now. So like, I mean, it's just, I don't, I agree. I think Keenan's the guy I move if I'm going to, um, for wide receivers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not getting too aggressive, honestly, because I'm comfortable with a, a weaker, um, RB two. And, and check that waiver wire. I mean, we've been, we've been seeing, you know, Guys like Adrian Peterson. I mean, Adrian Peterson probably went for a ton of fab in your redraft league, you know. But keep grinding away because, I mean, it, we can talk about all the guys that have kind of come up. You know, Elijah Mitchell was a guy that, you know, we spent fab on. That's probably right now, you know, an upgrade to Zach Moss. You know, AP, I don't know if he's going to be an upgrade, but. He's a guy, too, if you're looking to go that trade route. Like, I think this might be his, the highest sell point you get on AP because what a lot of people haven't mentioned is the Titans play the Rams this week, who just traded for Von Miller, who still have Aaron Donald, who still, like, they know how to stop the run, you know? So, um, not, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the coming out party we all are hoping for for Adrian Peterson. Uh, so he might be a guy right now that everyone is kind of excited about because the Titans worked him out, signed him three hours later, and didn't look at anyone else. So we're kind of like, oh, AP's got it, you know. And I've even heard people say, oh, they have similar running styles. And I'm like, yeah, but AP is like 36. <laughs> like, yeah. they may have. Their prime had similar running styles, but that's AP's not in his prime anymore. So, um, but look for those guys, you know. Um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe try to pick up a Mark Ingram and see if, uh, 
if things go his way with Taysom Hill and who knows, people are talking about uh, the Saints may be putting in a call at some point to Phillip Rivers, you know. You know, who knows at that point, Phillip Rivers, the check down king, you know. So, yeah, keep kind of keep your eyes open and um, work that waiver wire too because I'm sure as much as we think Derrick Henry is going to be the last uh, running back injured, he's not. Unfortunately, uh, we're probably going to see a couple of more names that we wish didn't get hurt, get hurt. And, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, here's the name. Uh, Drew brought up Montgomery, which, I mean, he read my mind because uh, when he started talking about Keenan Allen, the first name that popped into my mind was David Montgomery. Not sure if your redraft league has IR spots, but if they don't, uh, maybe add. Uh, CH if he had to get dropped because of bipocalypse or something like that. And then he gets kind of pushed down the waiver wire because he's projected for zero points and people forget about him. Uh, you know, check out those injured guys and see if any of them are hanging out on the waiver wire because they won't help you this week, but they could help you going into the playoffs and as you are on the uh, playoff push. So I think that's it. Do you guys have anything else? Nope. All right. I think that's a thing that is the end of our story. So good show, guys. Good. Oh, look at that. Drew getting us with a good show at the end of the day. Um, so good show to us, but, but thank you to everybody in the chat. I mean, it's so much fun when we get the questions, we get to throw them up here, we get to think them out together and try to figure it out. Um, thank you to um, to those listening on the podcast. Uh, appreciate it. No matter what, if you're on YouTube or your podcast directory, remember to uh, subscribe. YouTube, hit the bell so you know when we go live. Uh, podcast people, leave a rate and review. It uh, helps us out. It helps us get seen by more people. And uh, they're always uh, fun to read for the most part, the reviews. So uh, on that note, Bill, we are out here. Late. Late.